Women Taking the Lead, Episode 96. When you look at marathon runners, I mean, they're not just stopping right at the finish line. They're bearing through it. They're celebrating their successes. And part of that fearless, empowering energy that we as women leaders really want to embody and invoke, that's part of it. That's part of charging right through the finish line and, and tasks that we're doing and projects and really allowing ourselves that time to celebrate and really honor um, our commitments to see projects through the finish line. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to get the solutions to your top five leadership challenges. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Erica Kastner, and from climbing the corporate ladder to entrepreneurship, Erica is not a stranger to the professional development world. She is the founder of Queen of Results Business Coaching and Consulting, a company dedicated to helping CEO moms go from I wish I could to I know I can and communicate their message with power and poise. Erica is a member of the National Association of Professional Women, the advisory board chair for Dress for Success Southwest Florida, the Greater Fort Myers Chamber of Commerce, the Above Board Chamber of Florida, and the American Business Women's Association. My goodness, Erica, you are involved. (laughs) And that's just a little teaser for everyone. And I now want to hand it over to you so you can tell us a little bit more about you personally, your background, and your your own humble beginnings. Oh, wow. Thank you so much, Shodi, for that lovely introduction and allowing me to be on the show today. Um, I don't know. I don't even know where to begin. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much in that that, uh, question. But um, yeah, I, I, as you alluded to in my bio, I am the founder of Queen of Results. And that wasn't something uh, that company actually just started a year ago. And I Oh my goodness, a year ago, I never would have imagined where my business is today. But if I could rewind even three years ago, I never thought in a million years I would ever be in a position to run a business or to be on a podcast like like this interview today. Um, my my personal journey with, I guess, starting my business started really back in 2013 when I married my second husband, Ed. And on surface, we looked perfect on paper. And we looked, we looked like we had a ton of chemistry. I was welcoming two beautiful gift daughters into my family. But underneath the surface, I was overworked um, with my full-time job at the Greater Fort Myers Chamber of Commerce at the time. And as much as I loved doing what I did, um, it pulled me away from that traditional nine-to-five work model because sometimes I would work seven-to-seven. <laughs> sometimes mm-hmm. I would work, you know, like I just sometimes I would work weekends. And so there wasn't enough balance in my world. And now that I had this new family, I really saw a lot of the writing on the wall in terms of being involved with them and and not really honoring myself and my time. So I really started looking at things a little differently. Um, wanted to work with my own personal development coach because I felt that there were a lot of opportunities to explore my own growth and maybe explore some opportunities to define my, my real purpose and could it fit into my new marriage and my new family. And so I really took that upon myself in 2013 to start working through that journey. And from that, it just blossomed so many beautiful things out of that experience of working with my own personal development coach. Um, I realized there were a lot of anchors that were holding me back and limiting me 
and where I was going. And even with my communication with my kids and my husband, a lot of those things were stifled from things that I thought I had let go of many, many, many moons ago, but they were showing up in my personal and professional life now and as I'm a wife and a mom and um, an employee. So I mean, no, there's a lot there, but that was really the the whole like turning point for me was like, I really needed to get my act together and really figure out where I was going in life. Um, and thank goodness for my first coach, David Essel, because he really whipped me into shape and, and got me on that right path to, um, to really discover my own greatness. Yeah. And Erica, you know, I, I'm really liking your story because, you know, it's not that, you know, you hated your job and had to leave. It just wasn't fitting your lifestyle. Like sometimes that's what it looks like. It's not that we hate our job or the work we're doing is not fulfilling. It just has to look a little bit differently to fit into the rest of our life so that we feel fulfilled in the work that we're doing and outside of work as well. And clearly you've gained success um, and confidence, you know, working the job that you did at the Chamber of Commerce and then starting your own business with in the last year or so. But take us back to a time when you were playing small, when you were undervaluing yourself and you may not have been aware of it at the time. Share with us that story and the lessons you've learned. Yeah, I mean, I um, not to sound like a broken record, I, I think that, of course, I just mentioned that turning point in my world of not really understanding my full potential. Um, and I, I knew there was something bigger and, um, and more, I don't want to say like better necessarily, but just something out there that was going to, to put me on a bigger platform. And it wasn't necessarily about me because I felt that in a lot of ways, I really felt connected to what I was doing, helping entrepreneurs connect the dots and get better and get more um, connected with the resources that were going to take them to the next level. I just didn't know how the heck I was going to do it. But if I was going to think even deeper than that episode that I just gave you, I would probably have to say that right about the time that I was going through my first divorce, um, that was back in 2011. And at the time I had put on a ton of weight. I wasn't really the happiest in myself. I felt that the only way to escape the madness that was going on in my relationship and how that was like going south, um, I felt that there were other vices out there like food and wine to really get me through that. Um, and then of course, I know that I wasn't necessarily the best wife I could be. But at the time when you're going through something as ugly as a divorce, you want to put the blame on other people and you want to say, well, look what you've done. And, and it wasn't until I started working with my own personal development coach where I figured, okay, like I needed to take some responsibility for that relationship going south. Like there was a beautiful time in, in my former marriage where things were rosy and things were ducky. And then of course, over time, things really turned south and I really needed to get out of that situation, but it wasn't all because of his fault. There was some other things I was contributing to that chaos as well. So just taking ownership of my own, um, my own responsibility to that chaos um, was a huge defining moment for me. But, you know, of course it, it took me a process to, to get through that, realization. And really now today, based on what I teach and, and what I'm moving forward, I really want to empower the women to make those other decisions for themselves to, to take accountability for their actions as well. 
Mm-hmm. That That's really powerful. And that takes work mm. to get to that place. I think we all, or most of us, I, I would say, you know, the majority of us will say, okay, I was not my best self in that moment or in that relationship or in that situation. But we also leave a caveat where we say, but if you hadn't done what you did, I wouldn't have behaved that way. Right. So we acknowledge that our behavior wasn't the best, but we don't take responsibility for it when we say I did it because of this. Mm -hmm. Right. And to get to that place where you can say to yourself, regardless of how they acted, that's not how I want to show up. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to take responsibility for the way I responded because that's not who I want to be. That's taking responsibility and that's taking ownership. And that puts a lot of power back in your court when you can say, regardless of how other people are acting, there's a certain way I want to be in the world. And then to move forward from that, that must have been an incredible insight in your life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, like it really does boil down to we cannot control other people's reactions. And I I, I don't want to sound cliche when I do say that, but having that constant reminder, um, you know, that we are only accountable to what we contribute and we're only responsible for what we contribute. So other people, other circumstances don't define us nor like, and that's good or bad. You know, that's not necessarily like if somebody's patting me on the back, I don't own those words. You know, th- those are somebody else's words. Just as much as if somebody's tearing me down, that those are not my words. So it's my it's my choice to react a certain way. And I think that for me, I mean, that was probably one of the hugest lessons that I learned. And it took me years to get to that realization because it was a process. As you mentioned earlier, it's it's one yeah. of those things that doesn't feel good sometimes when you do get into the 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 root of maybe where your shame and where your um, challenges are with it, there's some really amazing greatness that comes on the other side of that. Yeah, absolutely. That's something I'm still working on. Like I realize what responsibility is and what it would mean to, to take it on. And sometimes I do. And sometimes I don't. In retrospect, I'm like, man, I totally played the blame game right there. Mm -hmm. I, I did not own it. So well done. Kudos. And, you know, and for acknowledging that it's worthwhile to keep working at mm-hmm. and it does take work. Mm-hmm. All right, Erica, now share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake up call. Take us back to that moment and share with us the steps you took that led to your success. <laughs> I love this question because, um, again, it was it was it was the same summer of me getting, actually, I got married in January of 2013. And so by that summer of 2013, I was six months into my marriage and I literally was thinking, holy cow, I am probably going to end up either in divorce court before 35 for the second time, or, um, I'm going to, you know, run off the road because I, I'm just binge drinking. And so <laughs> I laugh about it now, but back then it was no laughing matter at all. And I remember waking up and I was recovering from yet another hangover. And I thought, well, I have a couple options here. I um, can really consult my husband and say, look, I have a problem, or I can try to figure this out by myself, or I could, I don't know, I didn't really have a whole lot of options. So for me, 
I remember waking up that morning and just feeling like garbage and just knowing that there was no way past it. I mean, at, at the, 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 what I was capable of anyway at the time, um, because I always swore myself, you know, today's a new day and I'm going to start over and I'm awesome and I, I'm worthy of this. Um, but, you know, when you do that enough times in a, in a short amount of time, it, it really starts to weigh really heavy on you. And I felt like a failure. So as fate would have it, I actually um, was strolling down my Facebook account and I was like reading my newsfeed and I had actually come across this opportunity to do a life mastery workshop. And I thought, wow, like this might actually be something that would help me overcome where I'm at in my world. You know, give me the strength, give me the confidence, give me the willpower to um, really turn my life around in a good way. And so um, by the grace of God, I was in that position to take that opportunity to go to this life mastery workshop for free. Um, and then the other part of that was convincing my husband that, oh, well, you know what, we might want to both go to this together. Because I felt like, okay, I had some challenges, but by golly, I knew he had some skeletons in the closet too. So it was just like putting us in that space of, and, and actually putting a lot of trust in, in my husband to really show up and be supportive but more importantly, like for me to make that commitment to do that and not have to worry about, well, am I going to run into somebody at this workshop? And am I going to really like have to put my, my problems and my, you know, situation out on the, on the carpet to be called out on and to be dealt with. So it was a brave step for me. And what was super encouraging was my husband was like, you know, we, we've got to do this together. And it wasn't that he had a problem with drinking, um, but, you know, he had some other personal growth development work to do. And um, we did that journey together and we still do that together, which is amazing. But um, yeah, that was, that was the turning point for me was just, I got to get my act together and I got to do it fast. Wow. And thank you for sharing that, Erica. That that's I'm sure that still takes courage to keep sharing mm -hmm. that story too and, and lay it out there and be vulnerable. There's so much stigma around, you know, alcohol and abusing it. And of course, you know, happened to me, it'll happen to other people listening. They're gonna go, Is she is she telling us she's an alcoholic? You know, mm -hmm. what does that mean? Yeah. What you know, and, and and all of that stuff starts going on. But the reality is, is like whether it's that or not, there's many different places we can look to for coping. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's just one of them. What I heard at the heart of your story was is you weren't happy with where your life was, and that's what you were using to cope with the pain of that or to numb it. And you had this realization that you had to face it. And it couldn't be by yourself. Like mm. you needed support, you need community. And, you know, bravo for realizing that and taking action on it. Because too often, I think we try to, especially those things we're dealing with where, like you said, like, are other people going to know about this? Am I going to bump into people I know? And then they're going to hear what I have going on. Because there's this fear that if people knew what we were going through, they would judge us, you know, or they'd look at us differently. But the reality is, is like we can't get through a lot of this stuff on our own. Mm -hmm. And it takes help and in partnerships and community and, and letting go of shame and, and this this standard we have that you have to be like a super mm, person, mm -hmm. you know, to be to to get through life. And, and that's the way that people cope, that it actually takes. And that's why I'm such a huge fan of Brene Brown and, and her work. It takes like letting go of all that stuff and being really honest about what we have going on so that we can start to move forward and look at where your life is now. 
like so amazing. Well, and thank you for that. And and I love Renee Ron for that same reason in terms of, you know, being in a place of, okay, we could look at shame and we could hide behind it. But if we bring light to it and we actually put it in such a way that doesn't make it a secret and doesn't make it sound so ugly, there are a lot, there's a lot of strength and a lot of power behind that. And I think that for me, um, you know, people found out about my skeletons in the closet like, and then they could pass judgment and whatever. And I, and I have my own thoughts around that. I mean, again, it goes back to that whole, like, you know, the people's reactions are on them. They're not on us. So if we're going to allow judgment and shame from somebody else to cloud our perception, well, on some level, okay, like, how is that serving you? How is that helping you out? Because if that's not your, the way you feel about it, you've got to own, you know, how you truly do feel about it. And if somebody else wants to pass judgment, that's clearly on them. But getting back to um, really being visible with that story. I mean, it's my story to tell. So I think, and, and for anybody listening to this, this interview today, you all have a story. There's good, bad, and indifferent parts of your story. So, you know, you can choose to lead with only the good, but the only thing that comes from that is, you know, there's, there's, there's no grit to that. And so people, tune it out because it's not, it's not, it's not the good. So I hate to be Mm -hmm. like, Oh, the bad stuff is the good stuff. You know, people do want to hear that not from a judgment standpoint, more often than not, they want to know how the heck you did it. They want to know that, okay, gosh, here you are today and you are talking about it. I'm actually going through something very similar and I'm afraid to talk about it right now, but you're, you were brave enough to go there. So let me listen to you. Let me bend your ear. Let me figure out maybe the steps that took you to get to where you're at today. And, and if, and if I can share that with anybody, oh my gosh, I mean, that's, that's where the gift is, right? Yeah. Oh my goodness. And like, my mind is, is spinning and I'm having a, a visceral reaction too, because it's so true. It's, it's doesn't feel real when people only report the good stuff and you only see the surface things. And that's some feedback. And that, let me start with this. Your community must love you and, because they have an easy time connecting with you and relating with you because they know who you are. Because some of the feedback I've gotten is like, hey, you're really great. You're really helpful. You know, we think the world of you, but we don't feel like we really know you. Mm. Right. Because because we're not hearing the like gritty stuff. You know, the day to day stuff. And when and I'm I know I need to open up more and share more, not like everybody needs to know everything, but just a little bit more of that stuff. And just within my, you know, local relationships, you know, with the partners I, I'm developing relations with, I have shared more of that stuff, my frustrations and what I'm working on and that sort of thing. And they're so appreciative of that. Mm-hmm. Because then they feel like they can have real conversations with me, not just about the good stuff and the stuff worth celebrating, but they feel like they can support me as well. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I always like encourage people to, you know, okay, because somebody else is sharing their their vulnerable moments, like if you're not ready to go there, then don't go there just out of like, okay, I, I, everybody else is doing it kind of a thing, you know, like, and I, I always, t- like, I wasn't necessarily as forthcoming as I am today. <laughs> um, you, you know, a year ago, I just, I wasn't because, you know, you're in that, in that space where you're saying, okay, well, a lot of people, like in my boat, a lot of people knew me from the community and 
they and I and I respected that. I mean, respect. I have a lot of respect for a lot of leaders in this community. They have a lot of respect for me, and so I felt that on some level that okay, one, I'm I'm leaving one part of my life, one chapter, which was the chamber, and I'm starting this new chapter, which is my business. I don't want to rock the boat. So, you know, I, it, it, it's probably not a good idea for me to get messy too quickly, nor did I ever think in a million years I would ever get messy. But I think the more you ebb and flow at a business, um, part of that story has to come out. And only because if you're truly committed to helping people, and not not just you, Jody, this, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm talking in generalities here, but I think if people are really trying to help other people with their product or service, and especially in the coaching space, it is truly about sharing a bit of that story and letting people in. I love it. I'm taking that. <laughs> That's <laughs> words of wisdom I'm taking with me today. All right, Erica. And this is a good segue because, you know, what I want everyone to get is there's no one way to lead. We all bring different things to the table. And so we're going to lead differently. And that's awesome. So, Erica, how would you describe your leadership style? Mm. Well, being the one of seven, I'm the oldest of seven children, um, I always had a very rule by you better do this or else in the, and when I, as I was growing up, you know, because I was feeling the wrath of my parents when they got home from, from their nine to five and the kids didn't have their homework done or whatever I was supposed to do was the big sister, right? So I, I feel that 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 style of leadership is not serving anybody. So I, I'm very much of the, okay, we have a lot of things we've got to do as a team and how are we going to get it done together? So not everybody is the best fit or the most equipped to handle X, Y, Z, but from a masterminding standpoint or pulling a lot of heads together instead of just one now, like for instance, um, I, when I started uh, obviously the the queen of results I had me myself and I to answer to now I have a team of five that really help guide the vision of where we're going but it's not just this like total you know dictatorship where I'm saying this must be done this must be done this must be done we give guidelines and then from there we meet once a week and we and then of course we talk off air too you know we're not necessarily all together in, in one space at one time but it's really all about pulling our resources together collectively to get the job done. And so I feel it's more empowering for other people to be on my team like that because, again, they feel like they're contributing to something that's greater than than the team. Um, and, and they're not being told what to do. They're, they're being led and they're, um, they're having some honest feedback and some, contri- you know, contributions to it. Um, but it's their ideas that are being shared. And that's, what's really exciting about leadership today. And, and, and the shift for me was, <laughs> was amazing because again, you get more stuff done when you've got that mentality of leadership. Oh, absolutely. When you can give over control. Now it does take making sure everybody knows what they're supposed to do, making sure they have they're bought in and that they know they can share their ideas and contribute in creative ways, but also holding them accountable. Mm -hmm. That frees, you know, once you have that foundation set and that in kind of like, it sounds like main, well, I'm going to say maintenance mode, which sounds very automized, but it's very real. It's very human that have the, having those touch points, but it frees up so much of your time to be able to do other things. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, it takes the pressure off of you too, to come up with all the, the stuff that you do. I mean, as an entrepreneur, you wear enough hats as it is. And so, 
getting buy-in, getting, you know, some sort of system in place to hold people accountable and to spell out what you want, you know, because I can't have everybody running amok. But, you know, again, it, it's, it's giving people some framework and then letting them be creative and coming up with solutions to, um, to address, you know, the, the challenges the team, the overall team's having. Mm-hmm. And Erica, what is one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about? Well, there's lots of amazing things going on in the cleaner <laughs> results world. But if I can speak to one, um, we are actually launching a queen bee revolution. <laughs> so I'm very excited because I find that there's a lot of um, women and, and, and a few choice men too that want to tap into their feminine energy. But we as women, we feel like we carry a lot of the responsibility onto our plate. And it's not just work related. It's not just personal related, but it's a combination of both. And so the Queen Bee Revolution is really all about letting go of some of that, oh gosh, I have to do this or else mentality, that worker bee mentality. And so really empowering women to live that queen bee lifestyle. Um, so we're actually kicking off the revolution. It's a, it's a membership-based um, way that people can connect with me. Um, so it's, it's outside of the space of group coaching or one-on-one coaching, but it's a nice introduction for people to get a sense of what it truly is like to have order, rule your world with power and poise, go from that I wish I could to I know I can mentality and do it in such a way that, um, you know, we've got a Facebook community, but we've got, um, you know, weekly inspiration that's going into these women's inbox. And it's very powerful for, for me to see um, these women getting lit up and excited about making some healthy choice, choices into their world um, so they can rule the world with power and poise. Mm, and the weekly emails are nice first steps. Mm-hmm to kind of getting this in your life because there are some people I know who if they want to make a change they're like it's happening today I'm doing a big overhaul everything's changing done but though they're the exception to the rule most people are like I'm thinking about a change I will continue to think about this change (laughs) until I'm ready for it so this is a nice way for people to just start dabbling and seeing what it could be like. Yeah, absolutely. And it's in, you know, it's in baby steps. And I, I'm not much for baby steps, but I know a lot of people out there, you know, they they require those baby steps. And and sometimes those baby steps are the are the difference between life and death. And I hate to sound so dramatic when I say that, but um, it is absolutely amazing. I was at that pivotal moment three years ago, you know, looking at the Facebook feed and, and finding my opportunity to get out of the hole that I was in. So um, that was a very dire moment in my life. Might not have been life or death in that moment, but um, it could very well could have been at some point on down the road in the very near future if I ha- didn't take action. So yeah, I mean, that that's that's what it's there for and to, to encourage people to take the next step, whatever that looks like for their, their situation. Very cool. All right, Erica, now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice that you have to make you a better leader? Mm. Well, I think for, I, I don't want to say I think, because that sounds so limiting, right? But <laughs> you know, for me, um, every day I wake up with vigor and purpose. And so part of that starts with my night before process. So especially, and this has been very effective. And, and as you read in my bio, I'm part of a lot of different committees, a lot of different organizations, and they rely on um, my skill set to take them to the next level. So I'm always usually starting my night or my day 
the night before. And so I literally will, before I close up shop for the day, um, and I do this twice, I do it once when I leave my home office and then I do it again as I'm rounding out my evening with my husband, but really just looking at what are the things that I did really well today and what were the things that I could do better? And then what are my intentions moving forward into the next day? And so, you know, sometimes that's putting a list together. Sometimes it's putting statements of gratitude out there. Sometimes it's actually just um, committing to some personal action steps that I'm going to take that are going to get me closer to my goals and my leadership goals and, and what I want from my team. But it's starting that process at night and then having that opportunity to do it again with my husband is super powerful. And I, I, I feel so terrible for couples out there that don't have that opportunity to connect in a personal development space with their spouse or their partner. Um, and I'm fortunate that I do get to have that space with him, but that's been probably my ritual now for the last two and a half years is integrating that time at night to make sure that I'm set up for success in the morning and I can lead my team on that same path as well. And what is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? Oh, wow. Okay. So (laughs) there's a really simple one and I've read it a few times now, but it's the four agreements by Don. I'm going to mess his name up. I always do every time I say it in an interview, but Don Miguel Ruiz, um, Mm -hmm. It's so simple. It's a very quick read. I don't know. If, I'm sure you've read it, Jody, but have, it's yeah. so empowerful um, or empowering, I should say, and so impactful in a lot of ways because it, we're really thinking about those four simple agreements and we can carry that out in our day-to-day communication style. We're going to rock it no matter what. And does it mean that we're going to be perfect at them every single day? Absolutely not. And I, there's days where, you know, I take things personally. That's one of the agreements. I don't want to spoil all the fun for those that haven't read it, but I do. I take things personally sometimes and I really have to mentally go through a process and check, okay, am I being aware of this? You know, am, am I adding chaos to this or is, you know, is it out of my control? Like what could I be doing differently? So those are all things that I'm asking myself in that process, but, um, but really just tapping into that. And I, I do my best to read that book once a quarter because it is such a quick read and it's easy to kind of get out of that, uh, <laughs> that mindset sometimes of, of taking things personally. So Yes. And I love when guests recommend it. It's been recommended before, but every time it gives me an opportunity to reinforce this book changed my life, Mm -hmm. like changed. Like I would say I was, um, and I've talked about this before on other shows, like I experienced a great amount of stress as a child. It was just the way I perceived the world and the way I experienced things. I was always super stressed out. And after I read that book, I was able to let go of most of it, right? Stress never goes away, nor would you want it to completely. But, you know, the way I looked at things changed and the way I responded to things changed. And I realized I was making a bigger deal out of things mm. than was really necessary. And that's what was causing me to get stressed out. So that's a great recommendation. Erica, what advice would you give your younger self? Well, gosh, that's a loaded question. Um, and there's probably about 10 things I would tell that girl. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one would be like, you're going to be really hot chick. So just watch out sister. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, I, I say that kind of tongue in cheek now because, you know, again, I feel more confident and more alive. And, and I, I remember, you know, there was a time when I was a kid that I didn't feel so confident and didn't feel powerful. And even though I was the one, you know, the oldest of seven and, you know, a lot of people would think I was powerful, not so much. I think the one thing that I would really tell that girl, um, trust yourself first and foremost, because there can be so many other people that 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 you can rely on to to get that that feeling or that sensation but if you're not tapped into your own value system, if you're not tapped into your own instincts, um, you will have a tendency to buy in or believe into somebody else's. And um, that's, that's not a place of power. That's a place of inferiority. And so um, for me, I think it was just to tell that that girl, trust yourself, know that internally and instinctively, whatever you feel in your gut, um, is usually probably going to, to work out in your favor, and um, and you know what? And I, that that I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna end it on that because I think um, I think that's simple enough, and I I think that's effective. I love that. And Erica, share with us a success quote or a mantra, and why it has meaning for you. Mm. Well, I've, I've said this before in other interviews, but it's probably one of my most favorite compelling things. And again, this was something that as I was going through my own transformation um, into where I'm at today, I heard it and I was absolutely blown away. But one of my mentors, Robert Riepel, um, said it from a stage that I was actually at an event that he was speaking at one time. And he had said, you are a warrior. You go through the finish line, not to it. And for me, like I felt like in a lot of ways up to that point, I had really gone to the finish line. I had never really sailed right on through it, right? So there were certain things that I was doing as a leader, as a mom, as a wife, as an employee, um, and even in my own, you know, just trusting myself that I would just get right up to it and then just kind of like, ah, okay, that was good. So, you know, when you look at marathon runners, I mean, they're not just like, stopping right at the finish line. They're burying through it. They're celebrating their successes. And part of that, you know, fearless, empowering energy that we as women leaders really want to embody and invoke, um, that's part of it. That's part of charging right through the finish line and, and tasks that we're doing and projects and really allowing ourselves that time to celebrate and really honor um, our commitments to see projects through the finish line. Love it. And lastly, Erica, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? Well, thank you for that. So the best way for people to connect with me would probably be through my Facebook group, which is the Proclamation of Power Moms group. Um, so we have just over a thousand moms uh, that are in different places in their entrepreneurial journey, but they're all moms um, or they're all motherly in some way. Um, and that's a really fun place to connect there's also an opportunity to connect on thequeenofresults.com. And then, of course, I have my own podcast, which, Jody, I know we're going to have you on the show in a, in a hot minute because um, mm -hmm. you're awesome. <laughs> but um, the, the podcast is called Proclamation of Persistence, The Busy Professional's Guide to Triumph and Success. Love it. So there's something there for everybody. And for those listening, you can find all the links. Don't worry if you're driving or on the run or anything like that, because all the links and resources shared in this podcast, you can find at womentakingthelead.com or you can use the short link, which is womentl.com. And Erica, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We're all better for having met you. Thank you so much, Jody, for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. 
Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Were you inspired to take some action today, but maybe don't know where to start? Or maybe you have so many great ideas you can't decide where to focus your attention. Don't let stress or overwhelm stop you from having the career, the business, or the life you want to live. Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching or use the short link womentl.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.